welcome into another NFL Draft Combine coverage recap here. I am Connor Riley. I'm here with Mike Griffith back from Indianapolis, and we're recapping today's events at the NFL Combine. And running backs going today for Georgia, four players working out, uh, Ladd McConkey, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, Kendall Milton, and Dejan Edwards. But the big story today, Mike, Ladd McConkey goes out there, shows what he showed at Georgia. His testing numbers are outstanding. 43940 goes that sub 44 route. Not the fastest overall time today. That belongs to Xavier Ruth. Really he had a 422. But for a guy that needed to go out there and showcase speed and showcase what he's able to do in the gauntlet drill, he had an outstanding day there. Lad McConkey, I don't know if he pushed himself into the first round with the way that Adonai Mitchell ran, the way Brian Thomas Jr. ran, but absolutely helped himself out there today. Yeah, no doubt, Connor. You know, so much of this depends on when that wide receiver run starts. I've seen as many as five or six projected in the first round they're such game changers and and you're right you know and it, this sounds silly this sounds really silly when it was 4-4-0 I mean it was pretty good but that 4-3 there's just something about saying he's a 4-3 guy and I'm I'm so excited and happy for Lad. I'd I'd seen some footage of him in training running a 4-3-8 so I suspected it could happen but but you never really know what you're gonna run and I know you and Kaylee talked about it last night I think Brock Bowers 100% did the right thing. I mean, there's no reason for Superman to go out there and do it. But with Ladd, it's a guy that it feels like he's kind of a late riser with the senior bowl workout, and he missed a big part of the year. And, it's, and then the Cooper Cup comparisons. I don't think things could have gone much better for Ladd McConkey today. Yeah, when you compare his combine numbers with what he did at the 40-yard dash, broad jump, and vertical jump, he actually compares – very favorably to Garrett Wilson, former Ohio State wide receiver, a first-round pick of the New York Jets a few years ago there. So I think for Ladd to go out there and have the day that he had, you know, with Brian Thomas Jr. running a 4-3-4, A.D. Mitchell running a 4-3-5, and then Xavier Worthy, it's now official, a 4-2-1 40-yard dash, the fastest ever recorded at the NFL Combine. Uh, it's going to be tough, in my opinion, for maybe Ladd to get into that first-round mix, especially with, I think, the biggest thing that Ladd did at the – the combine is that medical check. You know, how does that come back? And we won't know that until draft night. But from an on-field standpoint, I think Ladd goes out there, shows that he can do just about everything. And you're right, I think, in bringing up Brock. I think one big difference between Brock and Ladd, Brock's clearly the best player at his position. And so there's nothing he could have done to help himself there. And I think in the way that people have talked about Brock – you know, sort of running a 4 one uh, I don't think that you were going to see Brock maybe push his draft stock up any higher, just given the way that teams value tight ends compared to wide receivers and offensive tackle. At wide receiver, as you hit on, Mike, uh, there are a, a number of wide receivers that you have. So that top tier of Marvin Harrison Jr., Roma Dunze, and Malik Neighbors. Dunze, the only one of those three working out today at the NFL Combine. But there's sort of that second tier of wide receiver where – Brian Thomas Jr., A.D. Mitchell, Ladd McConkey fits in there. I think Xavier Worthy now firmly fits in there. Uh, Keon Coleman out of Florida State. They have a lot of talented wide receivers in this draft, and it's going to come down to preference. But in a guy like Ladd, you talked to him yesterday at the Combine. You hear him talk about versatility. Hear him talk about wanting to maybe return punts more than he did at Georgia. So I think with Ladd, yes, the testing numbers are outstanding today. But he is a pure football player, and so so long as those medicals come back healthy, he's absolutely going to help a team, whether it be in the first round or in the second round there. Yeah, you know, here's something to consider, Connor. I mean, we've heard Ladd compared to Cooper Cup, and you said it. He's a football player, and I think Ladd is – now, he's fast. 
I think you run a four, three, something, you qualify as an outside threat as a, as a deep guy, right? Here's Cooper cups, NFL combine ready for this 4.62 in the 40 31 inch vertical and a nine foot eight broad jump. Now Cooper cup is probably, I think he was a triple crown winner at, at, at for the LA Rams. He, where he led what like receiving yardage and touchdown. MVP, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so, so yes, it's the time of year where we all get caught up in the combine and, you know, the underwear Olympics as we call them. But at the end of the day, what kind of football player are you now? I, I will say this about Brock. I'm, I, I did, I texted a little bit with, with one of the people in his, his camp will say, and you know, this already, it's killing him not to compete. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go out there so bad because that's what Brock Bowers does. He competes, but it's a poker game, and and you've got to be smart. I mean, if you have a bad day at the combine, it can kill you. And there's really nothing to be gained if you're already the number one tight end and you got this fantastic film. Now, all that said, I would still be a little surprised if he didn't do something at Pro Day. I, I didn't feel like knowing Brock Bowers, the difference is – you don't have everybody salivating and watching and the bright lights on and the droning on and the way the narrative can become a runaway with the NFL combine as opposed to pro day where it kind of happens quietly. Like it happens on your campus. You're a little more, you're, you're less apt to have a bad day. I, I don't know if it's true, but I kind of feel like guys get maybe a little friendlier watch at their pro day than, than maybe at the combine, the combine times always seem just a little tick slower. But um, no, I, I think the Georgia guys fared well. I, I really do across the board. And I know that, you know, Marcus Roseme, Jack Saint didn't run. And, and, and the numbers he put up weren't, weren't just eye-popping, but, but they were in line with, with NFL receivers. Like, okay, he's got a decent vertical. He's got a decent broad jump. He's explosive. And I think maybe it's good for Marcus to, you know, have a couple more weeks of the speed training because I do think that 40 is going to matter for him. And, you know, could he maybe creep up into the second day, Connor? What are your thoughts on Marcus after the impressive senior bowl showing? Yeah, I think with Marcus, the thing that you like, 10-inch uh, hands measuring into the combine today, I think that's significant. That's definitely going to help him. And you watch his tape. Excellent special teams player. I don't believe he's going to be a day two pick. I think he's probably someone who's at fourth or fifth rounder at this standpoint. But testing aside, similar to Ladd, this guy's a football player. We'll go out and help a team win on special teams. You just go back and watch the Super Bowl. Uh, Chris Conley was out there making impact plays. Now, he was a combine standout running a 4-3-5-40 all those years ago. But absolutely someone that can help a team on special teams. And if you're looking to fill out your wide receiver room, I think that's where Marcus fits in. A, a team captain at Georgia this past season had the respect of his teammates. And, and plenty uh, of NFL teams are going to be aware of that at the next level. Uh, Moving on here a little bit, talking about the running backs today. Dejan Edwards does not go through testing, but he does participate in position drills. Kendall Milton, I believe a uh, 4.6240, positive time in the uh, broad jump. Actually, in his his 40-yard dash, while his overall time was not great, he had the second fastest 10-yard split, so that shows that initial burst there. And anyone who watched Kendall at 6'1", 225, you know, he is one of the bigger backs there. And so you knew that long-term speed was never going to be his high, his highest point. But I think when you look at the 10 yard split that he had there, the explosiveness that he showed in the vertical jump and the broad jump overall, this is a good day for Kendall, but I think similar to lad, what those medical checks showed will go a long way in determining where Kendall ultimately ends up getting drafted. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, Kendall, a guy who's got a high ceiling, I think, and Connor, you watched with eye as he, 
ran last year with a knee brace on. And to me, I know it was psychological. I mean, the, the poor guy had had a couple sprained MCLs. He was doing it for precaution. But you played sports like me. It's just different when you're wearing a knee brace and when you're, you know, and he's got that brace off. And I thought that the thing that impressed me most, I mean, yes, the 10-yard split and the burst is very important. But I thought he looked very fluid catching the ball. And just seeing a guy built like that, looking that fluid, I, I thought it was a really good day for Kendall in that respect. Now, the 4-6-2, same as Kenny McIntosh had, but Kendall's a little bit bigger. And, and I think there were other things with Kenny that dropped him uh, down to the seventh round. I'd be really surprised if Kendall uh, didn't get picked in the first five rounds. I, I just think the second half of the season performance – with nine, I believe he had nine touchdowns in the last five games. He scored at least one touchdown, nine games in a row. You know, the attitude, the intellect, uh, the, the pass blocking. Kind of wish he would have gone to the Senior Bowl and met with more teams. I think the more people that lay eyes on Kendall in person and visit with him, he's a very impressive guy. We know that. We, we had him on our Dog Nation on the show. You know, you helped me with a few years ago. I mean, he's just – he's a really likable guy. And, and when you see him out of uniform and – in those shorts, running those drills, you're like, man, this guy, now this is a guy, right, that, that wins the beauty contest at running back. So I think he made some money today. Right. And, you know, in talking about kind of like Kendall's obviously going to be a day three pick, but so long as those medical records come back clean, I, you look around the NFL, Kyron Williams, I believe, was a, a fifth round pick for the Rams last year and had a standout season. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco for the Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs had a strong year. He was a seventh round pick. I think for running backs in this day and age, like, sure, you'd love to be a first round pick, top of the money guy. But I think the reality is if you go to a good place, if you go to a system where you can come in and play right away and there are running back needy teams – you can have an early impact in your time in the NFL. And so I think with Kendall, as you point out with Kenny, him falling to the seventh round last year, I think with Kendall, and this goes for Dejan too, it's not so much about where you go or in terms of the draft order and whatnot, but the situation you go to. You look at the Baltimore Ravens and the way they've been able to find success. You know, J.K. Dobbins can't stay on the field, but Gus Edwards is a guy that came in and has played uh, big snaps for them. They had an undrafted rookie free agent that played a key impact for him, whose name escapes me right now. Uh, but you look at these teams, they're, they're able to find running backs later on in the draft. And so if Kendall goes to a good home, you know, I think maybe a team like the Houston Texans uh, that could certainly use a running back there. You look at, yes, B. John Robinson was a first round pick, but uh, Tyler Agia, the Atlanta Falcons out of BYU, a fifth round pick all those years ago, has become an impactful player at the next level. So I think with Kendall and Dejon here as well, it's far more important to me of not so much where they go in the draft, but what location, what team are they going to? Because if they go to the right scheme, I think that's going to go a long way. As far as Kendall, I, I think you're right. You look at the last six to eight games he played at the University of Georgia, he absolutely looked like an NFL running back there. Once he took that knee brace off, he was a powerful, effective runner. I know Florida State was a garbage team when Georgia played them in the Orange Bowl, but he was a dominant player that day, best player on the field in the first half for the Bulldogs. So if he's able to replicate that at the next level, I think that's going to be really important for him. Yeah. Moving on, tomorrow is the last day of on-field drills for uh, the NFL Combine. Georgia will have two players working out, Amarius Mims, Cedric Van Pran. Mike, what are you looking forward to tomorrow? at the NFL Combine. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, talk about winning the beauty contest to Marius Mims. I mean, he, you know, he stood in front of us and told us 6'7", 335 with, uh, I think, what do you say, 16% body fat, and he was every bit as impressive in Indianapolis. Um, not sh Again, another guy, I'm not, I'm not sure what Marius Mims has to prove. I mean, 
you look at him, you look at the reach, you look at the measurements, you look at the hand. Um, you know, Cedric Van Pran, now this is a little different, Connor. You know, Cedric, believe it or not, from an athletic standpoint, and it's all relative. I mean, these guys, these guys are like the best athletes on the planet. But competing against other centers, this may not be his strength, right? He, he's a guy that his football IQ, he's a guy that gets on the board. His leadership is intangibles. His toughness, his physicality. I don't know that that shows up in combine drills. And so it's going to be really interesting to see strategically what Cedric decides to do or not do. Um, I did want to I did want to note something on, on Kendall Milton. Same vertical as DeAndre Swift, longer broad jump. Really surprised me because I, I thought DeAndre Swift was the closest thing to a cat on the field I've ever seen when you talked about explosivity, quickness, cutting ability. DeAndre faster, a little bit faster in the straight line speed. But when you're measuring up to DeAndre Swift in explosiveness, that's a mouthful. And, and doing it at 225, DeAndre a little bit smaller. So uh, I, those, those comparative skills, it's always interesting to me uh, to look and see how guys compete. Now – the game has changed and, and guys are, you know, in many ways different built a little bit different for a little bit different style game. I did want to mention, you mentioned Chris Conley, you mentioned his four, three, five, 40, but I wanted to throw this in there too. He's the all time broad jump winner at Georgia, 139 inches. This is the one that's going to blow you away though, Connor, his vertical jump, Chris Conley, 45 inches, yep. 45 inches is just like, like Nolan Smith last year, just to remind people last year, Nolan Smith at 240 ran a four, three, nine, 40. No, no offense to lad. Same time as that. Nolan Smith last year had a 41 and a half inch. So while today was a pretty good day on Georgia terms, it wasn't the best. These, no. the, the freaks that Kirby's had. And now will Amarius Mims maybe do something special? Maybe, but do I think he'll run a 4740 like Jordan Davis did at 340? So let me ask you this, Connor, just for fun. And I always like to pick your brain. Probably not going to see anything dynamic. If we look ahead, uh, if there's any freaks to be found on the 2025, and I know we're getting way ahead. Yeah, combine, we're who, who, who would be the next guys to do freakish things on the current team, do you think? I think Michael Williams is going to be a guy that tests extremely well next season. I think the guy that would test the best, Malachi Starks, is going to be such an obvious slam dunk. He's not going to need, unfortunately, to test at the combine. <laughs> Similar to Brock Bowers this year. like He's so obviously the best player at his position and such an obvious first-round lock. I, I don't know what you can go out there and show teams that doesn't already show up on the tape. You know, Malachi is someone who's played – for two seasons already at Georgia started, I believe 28 of 29 games he's played in college. And the one game he didn't, he made an incredible leaping interception against Oregon. So I, I think those two guys immediately jump out there as guys that are going to be heard from next year. I got another one. I bet I, you can think of it. I think Carson Beck is going to be an interesting case. Obviously he, he will probably enter as one of the top quarterback prospects, but Caleb Williams didn't throw, Drake May didn't throw, Jaden Daniels didn't throw. So that's just sort of the expectation there. The last guy, and it wasn't a great position this year, and I think if he had had a fully healthy year, he's someone we see at the Combine. That's Smile Munden. That guy's a freak athlete. And while he does have some red flags medically, I think in terms of an athlete at the inside linebacker position, he is absolutely someone that I think can come in and really impress teams next year. All right, and this is the one I got you on, Arian Smith. Arian is going to run a 4-2 something next year. Now, presuming he gets invited to the con which I think he will. It's the top 320, I think it was 321 this year that makes it. I think if Arian Smith gets there, and who knows? Who knows what type of year 
Arian Smith could have a head. I mean, we we know how hard he works. We've seen him make big plays at times, and we know what he has to deal with with Carson Beck dealing the ball. So that's a guy that I kind of I'm, I'm not I'm not ready to write him off completely. I did pick up one note of interest that I know Georgia fans will will find uh, interesting, compelling. I was talking with the Raiders beat writer. It sounds like Samir White might be on the verge of a breakout season. Uh, you know, they didn't bring back Jay Jacobs, and the Raiders beat writer was very high, said Zamir White has really turned a corner out there. And that's another guy who once tested really well back in the day, a 4-4-0-40. James Cook was at 4-4-1, incidentally. So just kind of an ear to the ground about Zamir White. I know he's a fan favorite. Um, you know, he's a guy that worked through a lot of things at Georgia. Uh, it sounds like he could be on the verge of a breakout season. Yeah, and again, those combine numbers showing up and then translating into the NFL when Josh Jacobs missed time this year. Uh, I thought Zamir stepped in and played really well there down the stretch for the Raiders. So it'll be interesting in seeing which of these Georgia players go on to follow in similar NFL footsteps. You know, James Cook was a pro bowler. DeAndre Swift, a pro bowler at the running back position. You see Kendall Milton today out testing in some regards what DeAndre Swift was able to do. Obviously, the big story of the day, Lad McConkey and what he's able to go out there and show a 4-3-9-40. And we'll see if he ultimately ends up running in the three cone in the shuttle where he could be the best player in terms of the times that he put out there. But for Mike Griffith, my name is Connor Riley. Two more Georgia players going tomorrow, Amarius Mims and Cedric Van Pran. And then that'll be it for the Combine Georgia's Pro Day set for March 13th. And spring practice starting the day before, we'll have you covered with everything leading up to that. So for Mike Griffith, my name is Connor Rye. This has been our NFL Combine coverage for the 2024 NFL Combine.